You may be seated. Pray with me if you would. Father, we come to this moment of the breaking of the bread of life. We need your grace. We need your strength. We need your anointing. Many things would be there to distract us, to be in a deterrent. There are so many things going on right now to feed our doubt. Right now, I'm asking you, Lord, to feed our faith. Your word is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can and will make the difference in the life of your people. We give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' precious and wonderful name. And the church said, Amen. Today I'd like to talk to you about the walk of faith. More specifically, the walk by faith. The scripture text is a simple verse found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. And it says these words, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I don't think you can talk enough about faith. Amen. It's a subject that is imperative to every single one of us. It's our life. Our faith is the pulse of every single believer. Without faith, you have no relationship with Jesus. Without faith, you have no hope for tomorrow. Without faith, you cannot overcome the pressures of the sinful world. Without faith, you will not realize heaven as your eternal reward. Without faith, you are not saved, you are not healed, you are not provided for, you are not protected. Faith has never been just our creed and our doctrine. It is the way that we live, it is the way that we talk, it is the way that we interact with others, and yes, it is the way that we look at our circumstances. Without faith, we are in serious trouble. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. For he that cometh to him must believe that, number one, he is. Number two, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our faith is our action, our activity, our walk, our talk, and our thoughts. It is everything about us. I saw a cute post the other day. It was one person asking another person, do you have to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? To which the other person responded, brother, you have to have the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. <laughs> I will say with boldness, though, you have to have faith to get saved, and you have to have faith to stay saved. Your faith is always being tested and tried. And right now it seems for all of us present... And those that are watching this service by Facebook Live, it seems there's a new dimension of our faith that is being challenged. But in three places in the Word of God, in the book of Habakkuk, 
in the book of Romans, in the book of Hebrews, the scripture tells us the just shall live by their faith. You see, the depth of your faith is not seen at the moment of your salvation. It's only a taste. But it's rather when you are facing the biggest challenges of your life, uh, that's when your faith becomes manifested to those around you. Your faith is also manifested when you make decisions that avoid temptation that you are facing rather than yielding to that same temptation. Sometimes to really appreciate the walk of faith, to live by that faith, we must understand that there are some negatives that we are not to live by. And this morning, I want to take a stand against some, some negatives. I want to identify three negatives this morning that we are not to live by. As a backdrop for this message today, if you were to go to Acts chapter 27, you will find out about the Apostle Paul. He is on a ship with 275 other men. They are sailing toward Rome. And they have come upon a terrible storm called uh, Eurocladon or Euroclidon. And it looks like the ship is going to be torn apart. And everyone on there is going to perish in the stormy waters. Paul had already warned them by the Spirit to, to not to set sail, but they did not listen to the Apostle Paul. But now he tells them in verse 22 of chapter 27, he says, Be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you. The reason why he could say that is further explained when he said, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. The Bible says further in the story that the ship would end up running aground. It would end up breaking apart as Paul had prophesied that it would do. But the scripture also says that everyone on the boat was spared. All 276 men's lives were saved. Chapter 27, the last verse says, and it, so it came to past that they escaped all safe to land. A shipwreck, a ship breaking apart, 276 people on board, and yet every single person survives. Now, using this as a backdrop, let's look at three negatives that will keep us from walking by faith. The first negative is that we need to identify is a negative that we call fact. The facts here in this miracle of Acts 27, they're uncontroverted. They're undisputed. They're unrefuted. The facts were truth. They were in trouble. They were going to die on the stormy sea. The most experienced of fishermen and sailors would not survive the storm. It was a nor Easter, if you will. That would be a term we would be a little more familiar with. It was a violent storm that had suddenly uh, cropped up, very similar to a tornado of our day. I remember one time, nor'easters are famous, I'm from the coast, as most of you know, originally from the Hampton Roads area, and nor'easters are famous down on the, on, the, on the eastern seashore, and I remember this very well, it's very vivid, it was spring, it was the year 2008, 
my son, he was eight years old at the time, and we were uh, going to make a trip to Orlando, Florida. We were going to go down and see uh, family. And I remember on that trip, on the way down, it was his first time flying. And, and I remember as we began to take off from Norfolk International, the, the pressure became so tough on his, on his head and his ears that it literally brought him to tears uh, as, as we began to fly down. Well, we made the trip. We went on down and we visited family and we did the whole Disney thing, the theme park stuff. And, and we're flying back from Orlando into Norfolk. And, and, and it just so happened that a nor'easter cropped up around Norfolk International while we were flying into uh, Norfolk International. And so the, the pilot, and I guess in all of his brilliance and wisdom, decided he was going to land this plane in the middle of a nor'easter. I'm telling you, my wife and I were scared slam to death. The plane was rocking and reeling and twisting and turning. Our knuckles are white. And we look over at our eight-year-old son and he is loving the moment. He said it's better than any ride he rode at Disney World. <laughs> I remember it well. I never want a repeat experience like that again. Every time I, I sit when I was flying to and from Israel, you know, you get a little bit of turbulence and, and you're looking at that, that screen on the back of someone's seat and it just shows that you're a plane and all below you is blue. And that's all you see. And you feel a little bit of turbulence and you're like, okay, I don't want another, another nor'easter. I don't want another Eurachlodon in, in, on this flight. I want this thing uh, to be smooth. But this was a bad storm they were in. In fact, they, they said, you know, we're tossing the food. We're losing the ship. We're about to go under and perish. Verse 20 says, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. That is the facts. That is the truth. But then a prisoner named Paul stood up in the midst of all of the facts, all of the undeniable truth, and this is what he said. Be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, though the ship will be lost. For there stood by me this night the angel of Almighty God, whose I am and whom I serve. You know what I find to be fascinating about that? When I look at that, I look further. I don't know what happened in the lives of those other 275 men on the boat. But later in verse 36, it says they were all of good cheer. Now they had not been spared as of yet. They had not been saved as of yet. The miracle had not happened as of yet, but they were all cheered up by the words, I'm going somewhere, by the words of the Apostle Paul. I want to tell you something. Those 275 men had to make a decision. Either believe the facts or walk by faith. Somebody help me here. Either they had to believe the facts or they had to walk by faith. And once they made up their mind that they were going to take this thing by faith then all of a sudden their countenance changed and all 275 men cheered up 
believing and knowing that God had everything under control. Well, let me just come by this morning and let's deal with the elephant that is in the room. We have an issue. And unless you've been unburied under a rock, you know that coronavirus is a global problem. And you know that worldwide leaders are looking to cope. I don't understand why the hysteria with this particular one. Honestly, I haven't gotten a satisfactory answer in my lifetime. What have we dealt with? H1N1 and SARS and bird flu and swine flu. But this one is particularly gripping. And here's the deal. I respect every single person in this room. And I respect the way you choose to respond in dealing with this situation and dealing with other people. If you need three foot of space, bless God, brother, you got it. If you need a private restroom instead of a seven stall restroom in both of these buildings, you've got it. We've got both in, in both of these facilities. If you want to wear a mask to come to church, have at it. You won't offend me one bit. I'm telling you, we can smile at each other and wave at each other and elbow bump each other and ankle bump if that makes you comfortable. I'm telling you, I'm not offended by that at all, but I am going to say this. I will not stop living. I will not stop rejoicing. We will not stop doing ministry. The facts are, Houston, we do have a problem. It seems little to be concerned about that over 18,000 people have died from the flu in America this year uh, compared to 60 from this coronavirus in our country. I'm telling you, I don't understand all of the hysteria and why things are, are moving in the direction that they are. And in life, things are just dealt our direction. And this is fact this morning. But I'm telling you, I don't live by fact. I live by faith. I'm going to say it again. I don't live by facts. I live by faith. <laughs> I kind of like this that I saw this week. If they've got it, put it up there. There you go. Coronavirus, Psalms 9110. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwellings. I like this next part. I am sanitized with the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't know if that does anything for you, but the same blood that cleansed me is the same blood that heals me. And the same blood that heals me is the same blood that the Israelites put over the door and the death angel passed by. I'm telling you right now, it will preserve, it will protect, it will keep. heard the saying and we say it I've even said it it is what it is but how about this how about instead of it is what it is why don't we just say what is not today shall be how about that what is not today shall be in other words this is all under control the facts say the cancer is there the facts say the lump on the breast is there. The facts say the heart is soon to stop beating. The facts say the kidneys are failing. But we don't live by facts. We live by faith. <laughs> you can settle. 
for an evil report. You can settle for a false report. Hey, you can even settle for a true report that is not so good. But Hebrews 11, verse 2 says, But by faith the elders obtained a good report. Verse 39, all the heroes of faith of Hebrews 11 obtain a good report through faith. The second negative we need to identify is ID and fret, F-R-E-T. Many times in the Bible we're told in Psalms and Proverbs, fret not. Walk by faith and not fret. Verse 22 again, Paul said, And now I exhort you, be of good cheer. And the men became of good cheer. In other words, let it show on your countenance and your face. Let it be seen in your smile and in your words. So if you walk by faith and not by fret, you do not, you do not fret. Or maybe some synonymous words would be, you do not mope. You do not pout. You do not murmur. You do not complain. You do not seek sympathy. You do not be angry. You do not be sulking. You walk by faith and not by fret. I didn't say it'd be a piece of cake. That's why it's called faith. But that's the only way to live in the joy, and he wants your joy to be full. That's the only way to sleep in peace, and he gives his beloved sleep. And he gives his beloved peace. That's the only way to thrive in abundant living. And he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Let me tell you a story, true story, about fret versus faith. It was August of 2009. And Sandra, my bride, and I listened to the same doctor. We both heard the facts. And we left the room with the responsibility to call our parents and tell our son and inform our church and so many who were awaiting to hear the results of this biopsy. There was a mass on her kidney. We both heard the same doctor. We were both in the room. We had no hearing deficiency. Listen to my take. My take is that my, we have some cancer in the kidney. A gasp from whomever I'm telling. I would be lying to you if I told you it didn't affect me emotionally. I can be, if I'm not careful, a glass half empty kind of fella. And that day, I was fretting. My wife, Sandra's take, same doctor. Her take was, I have a small mass on my kidney with some cancer cells in it but it's not affecting the functionality of the kidney. And this is what she said, and I'm quoting her in her loving, tactful way. Husband, that is exactly the way I choose to look at it. It's easily removed. I jump through the hoops. There's no chemotherapy, no radiation, and I will be done with all this. More of a glass half full kind of approach. So while I'm fretting and trying to get some sympathy, it's not even my kidney, and I'm still trying to get some sympathy. <laughs> I go to pray. How dare her be so happy? 
Or how dare her be so satisfied that everything's going to work out good. I want some attention right now. Bless God, why can't she cooperate with me? But I went to praying. And if it wasn't enough that your wife is after you, you get the Holy Ghost on you as well. And the Holy Ghost says, well, let me tell you something. This isn't about you. It's not even about her. It's about the glory of my name. You need to get a grip and you need to talk to your face and tell your countenance that God has this all under control. The backside of the story is she went in, she had surgery, and she's healed today. That's been 11 years ago. I'm telling you, God is faithful. God tells us to walk by faith. We want to weigh the options. God tells us to walk by faith. We want to examine alternatives. We want to negotiate the terms. We want to mope because moping brings us some wanted attention. But let me just shout this out loud, chicken little. The sky is not falling. Coronavirus is not in control. Though the world has gone mad, be of good cheer. Tell your countenance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We walk by faith. Not by facts. We walk by faith. Not fret. Thirdly, we walk by faith and not fear. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. I, I'm, I'm really just trying to grasp it. Well, I feel the flesh coming on. I'm trying to resist. And I know things can change week to week. We're here today. I'm glad you're here. Next week, we might sing Kumbaya in our living room with our family. We might tune in and have an online service. And that's okay. But we can't live life in fear. I'm telling you. If you haven't figured it out already. I'd say 99% of everything you hear on television has a slant to it. Oh, bless God, I don't watch them three liberals. I watch that one conservative. Let me tell you something. You may call a conservative all day long. You may almost think it's Christian, but it's just as corrupt as the liberals. Oh, they give you the truth there. Let me tell you, they got a slant. Never forget, it's always about marketing. I may have stirred up some feathers here. Well, let me tell you, somebody got me this morning. Somebody nailed me before service. 
not here, present. How dare you have service be defined against our governor? Oh, yeah, I've already heard that this morning. You run the risk of leaving yourself unprotect unprotected because you defied civil authority. I know in whom I have believed. Flesh and spirit are really wrestling with each other up here right now. Hope had been taken away. But listen to the words of the angel. Fear not, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. God had already told him he was going to Rome. And lo, God has given thee all of them that are sailing with you. That's why he could say, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God. That it shall be just like it was told to me. I believe God. I cannot afford to let fear rule my thoughts and my life. Perfect love cast out fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's word. That is Bible right there. Fear will lead to intimidation. It will lead to defeat. It will lead to destruction. The doctor's report may not be good. I will not fear. The home may well, very, very well foreclose. I will not fear. The company is shutting down. I will not fear. The cutoff notice has arrived. I will not fear. That personality is hateful and abusing and intimidating. I will not fear. A virus could very well may have already landed in the New River Valley. But I declare I am covered and cleansed and sanitized by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is not abstract. I embrace it over my life and over my family. I'm not advocating living foolishly. My Lord, we should have been washing our hands all along anyway. And what's the deal with all the toilet paper? <laughs> Fear can't control you. Faith controls you. So no matter what happens, we keep trusting. We keep praying, we keep believing, we keep encouraging, we keep tithing, we keep quoting the promises, we keep on living our life for Jesus, and we declare that none of these things will move us. It's a living word. Haggai 2.5. According to the word, God says, that I coveted it with you when you left out of Egypt. Even so, my spirit remains among you. Fear ye not. <laughs> Isaiah 43, 1. Fear not, for I have redeemed you and called you by my name. You are mine. Fear not.
I don't know if we can do this or not. Because I want to give you a three-foot space. And I don't, of all times, I rarely do general altar calls. And so if you're not comfortable, just, you're, it's fine. You don't offend me. You really don't. And you know, when we, when we come up here in just a moment, come on, Tony, when we come up here in just a moment, you know, give, give, give yourself that three-foot buffer. I mean, we got the first two or three rows. We can go up the aisle a little bit. But I think it's okay if we pray as a family. Is that all right? Is that all right today? I feel strongly about this message. I feel strongly that you, you got to have this committed here as well as you do here. We don't walk by facts. We don't walk with a friend. We don't walk by fear. We are people of faith. I'm going to ask you to do this. You stand. Come with me. Everyone up here that would. You know, put you a couple of feet between you. you can, we can probably do about four lines right across the front and the altar, right up the aisles. Those of you that are coming first, just get in as close to the steps and, the, and make, make some single. Yes, right? If you need to spread out, that's fine. Hopefully none of you are going home offended because somebody didn't shake your hand today. Dear God, we understand the need for wisdom. Don't know what things will look like this time next week. But I know who's in control. And I know I'm his child. If you'd be comfortable, would you just lift both hands to the Lord? Would you just begin to pray for your own faith right now? Come on, this is you praying for you. God, increase my faith. Increase my faith. Some of you are in public, public servants and some of you work in the medical field, transportation and law enforcement and all kinds of different areas. That's right, just lift those hands and say, Lord, I want you to, by my faith, I'm asking you to build a hedge of protection around me, around my spouse, around my children, around my mother and my father, my brothers and my sisters. I'm reaching out to you because the facts say one thing, but I'm not going by the facts, I'm going by my faith. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna lean on you. You're the one that created me. You're the one that can sustain me. You're the one that can keep me in the center of your will, in the palm of your hand. My God, I feel his spirit. Come on, somebody cry out to the Lord. Cry out to him. Say, I don't understand why this is happening. And hey, let me tell you, after 9-11, churches were packed with people. 
Could it very well be that this is a wake-up call for your lost loved ones? In fact, maybe you should just call their name in prayer right now while your hands are raised. Lord, through this, through this, would you arrest their souls? Through this, would you turn them home? Hallelujah. God, I trust you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Hallelujah. I have your spirit here. Thank you, Jesus. I'm believing to see you, Lord. In the land of the living. I have a choice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I have a hope that can't be taken. Sing it. I have your spirit here with me. I have a faith that can't be shaken. I have a joy that can't be tamed. Oh, I'm more good the lyrics I will see the Lord I will see the Lord in the land of the living oh I will see I will see the Lord I will see somebody the Lord in the land of the living oh I will see and I will see the Lord I will see 